You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for the final day of a shortened trading week, so it's time for the opening. And with me this morning for the opening is Nick Kunza from Sandman Private Wealth and Mr. Trump. I have to say, he started the week really, really badly, but his stock has rallied somewhat because he got his advisors around him, he got his experts around him, and he has come up with a reasonable plan. Whether it can be initiated, I don't know, but a reasonable plan to start to reopen the world's largest economy. So kudos to... I can't say kudos to Trump because it goes against every every one of my uh, finely honed principles. But well done for getting experts to advise him. Yeah, morning, Lindsay. And, uh, yeah, we made it. Finally made it. It's, it's, it's a four-day week, but it certainly feels a lot longer. It's been so busy. You know, started the U.S. earnings season. There's been so much data to digest. We're all trying to figure out what flattening the curve means. Um, and then Mr. Trump came out of nowhere and said he's going to possibly open up the U.S. economy. It, it's certainly sooner rather than later. Um, and as you said, he looks like fine. He, he's listening to some expert opinion, and it's going to be gradually opened. And I think we, I, I guess that's a little bit of the the sort of enthusiasm when the green I'm seeing on my screen this morning, you know, combined with um, the news out of out of the US. Um, we've got this this uh, the story that uh, on your side of the world, you know, the Danish are opening up as well. Um, the the Germans also in limited quantities. So I think we're starting to see. What possibly light looks like at the end of this coronavirus tunnel, and I think the market's starting to to realise that in fact there is life at the end of it. You know, as much as we are shut down and going nowhere for now, it's slowly starting to reopen, and that's reflected in the futures and and, and markets and risk assets in general this morning on this Friday. Yes, indeed. Let's start with the overseas markets because as soon as Mr. Trump started speaking, and as soon as it became apparent that it wasn't some outlandish big bang, May the first we're going to open, or July the fourth we're going to open with a firework display. Uh, to some football stadium or something, it became a reasoned approach towards slowly opening the US economy. The market started to rally, and I've got the S&P up just over 3% at the moment. So that's, that, that's good, and it's holding there as well, which is what I like. Yeah, and it's top, on the top of that, also a story sort of after the close last night, and it's yet to be verified, but uh, there is a report doing rounds at uh, Gilead Sciences have now uh, been developing this drug for a while and that uh, it's actually starting to show some real effectiveness in treating the coronavirus. And, and uh, Dr. D, I guess the Twitter sphere is full of everyone looking for, for one of these sort of stories, but this seems to have a bit of credibility. It's been covered on quite a, a few of the, of the better respected financial websites and uh, that's also contributing to the bounce and as you said we've got a dow jones industrial futures are currently indicating a bounce for about 870 odd points at the open so really going to be a solid session to finish the week fantastic and you don't think that this is going to fizzle out like other rallies have you think this is the real thing this time <sighs> i mean who knows i mean everyone's trying to debate this w or v and but if you have to look I think this certainly feels like a little bit more impetus. The volumes have been decent this week, and we are building some form of a base, I guess, locally and abroad. But um, I think I think caution is still warranted. I mean, we had some GDP numbers, which I'm sure you're going to touch on shortly out of China. China. And they were our watering, our watering bad. On the back of those, I mean, numbers that you and me and David spoke about with the jobless numbers here in South America. So, I mean, the real... I guess the hard data numbers that we're seeing, I mean, they are, I've never, you have, we haven't seen them in a lifetime. You probably won't see it that bad again. 
but you've got that on the one side, and then you've got a little bit of sort of markets looking through that, a little bit of optimism on the one side and trying to figure out what to do with the, with the shutdown. So I guess somewhere in between, Lindsay, the jury's out between a V and a W, but I'm, I'm erring more on the W recovery. I think we might uh, – I'd be a little bit cautious about throwing my last uh, penny into the markets today. Okay, but uh, let's enjoy it, enjoy it while we can. Let's have a look at the spot. Mm, exactly. So the 18, 1877 is the dollar rand. The British pound against the rand is 23.38. Uh, Euro rand is 20.35. The Euro dollar is 108.35, which is uh, more or less unchanged. Last night in the States, the Dow Jones was just very slightly higher. The S&P was up 0.6%. The NASDAQ was up 0.6% as well. This morning in the Far East, the Tokyo market up 3.1%, despite their coronavirus problems. Shanghai is up two-thirds and the or was up two-thirds and the Hang Seng up 1.6%. The Dow Jones futures, yeah, close to 800 points uh, to the good. Tell me about the China GDP numbers, which have been much anticipated. There was anything between mm. 6 and 16% negative from the pundits that I saw. What did, what did it come in at? Yeah, the jury was out. So it came in at 6.8% year on year. That's okay. uh, the official number from what they call the National Bureau of Statistics. Um, the market, as you said, I think that the mean was looking for about 65 So it was a little bit worse. Um, and if you drill down into individual numbers, if you actually sort of peel back the layers a bit, that is quite sort of telling. I mean, retail sales in China of consumer goods for the, for the month for in March – dropped by 16%. Um, you have things like infrastructure investment dropping 20%. I mean, if you had bounced these numbers around a year or so ago, I mean, you would have thought it was the end of the world. I mean, they, they, I mean these numbers are eye-watering. In fact, I mean, we love to sort of punt the stats on your show. Um, I mean, this was, I believe, the, the first time it was a contraction in China in 40 years. Last time this happened was back in 1971. So, I mean, this really are history-making When stuff. China was a different place completely. It wasn't an open economy or a half-open economy. Yeah. yeah, and also, Lindsay, a completely different uh, size on the, world, on the world stage, too. It was, it was a mere blip compared to the 16% that is now. So very different times. Yes, indeed. Let's have a look at the commodities markets now, if we can, because uh, these are really, really big moves. I'm suddenly seeing this, this is one thing that is not good for South Africa, because I've got the the gold price down twenty five dollars an ounce to sixteen ninety five. I've got platinum, uh, not so bad, obviously, down seven at seven eighty two, and Brent crude oil. I haven't got my one hundred and fifty prices up on my screen. What's Brent crude oil doing, please? Mm. And West Texas. So this- Okay, so this is an interesting one, uh, Lindsay, because this was up uh, almost a dollar this morning, which is almost 4% higher. Uh, WTR, West Texas Intermediary, currently down 7%. So that's a 13% reversal in the space of two hours. Currently trading at $18.49 a barrel. I'll make this a new low for wow. probably 10, 11 years now. Uh, and then the more tradable Brent, which we follow, uh, is still down, but just a sniff. It's down uh, 0.3% or let's call it 10 cents, $27.74. So, Watch this one. We've been speaking about it. I think this at the moment, as much as the dollar has been your sort of barometer where things are going, I think we all need to watch this oil price. This is really indicating the, the sort of risk on, risk off feel. I don't understand the difference between uh, Brent and West Texas when it comes to the uh, price discrepancies every single day because uh, two days ago, Brent was down 7.5% on the mm. day, but uh, West Texas was only down around about 1%. The arbitrage that must go on between these oil traders must be staggering. They must have giant brains or very good algos 
I think a bit of both, really. Um, it's funny enough, you know, I always look at the, um, I always look at WTR. It, it's a much more, it, it trades uh, more open hours, so it mm. trades more actively, and it tends to be, I think it's one of the first ones that actually was listed with a derivative contract. So it tends to be the one that certainly certainly trades more often. Um, as for the, the actual difference and the difference in price, I mean, it, it fluctuates anywhere between, you know, $6 and $2. And as you said, a lot of people trade that, that sort of spread, that spread between the two. Um, you know, it's, 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 I, I, WTI, I, I guess, tends to be deemed the more sort of U.S.-centric one, yes. West Texas intermediaries. So it's, it's deemed to be almost geographically safer and secure. So when you get all the sort of uh, shenanigans and the saber rattling ha- happening in the Middle East, you tend to find that WTR doesn't drop as much as Brent, which is deemed uh, more sort of exposure to the Middle East. So I mean that's that's your really back of the envelope sort of difference between the two. But as you said, Lindsay, very very active, most most uh, traded commodity in the world by volume and by size, and certainly the uh, the arbitrage guys who trade different spreads and the different uh, different grades. It's uh, actually a fascinating market to get to get into. Yes, it is. I've got a screen, I've uh, just put it up in front of me, that's got 150 different types of crude oil and 150 different prices as well. Quite astonishing what is going on there. Uh, okay, let me get now to the top five major movers on the JSE Securities Exchange. I would go to the Stock Exchange News Service announcements, but there are <laughs> none. I was, I was going to say, don't waste your time. There is nothing. And in fact, after yesterday, I mean, I, I think I spoke for five minutes on my morning call uh, to the group yesterday morning, listing the earnings, the announcements, the Fed speakers, what was happening, the SENS announcements. Yes. Today, there is nothing. We have one out that is, uh, I believe we've got uh, Procter & Gamble reporting stateside before the US Open. And I think we've got one sort of Fed talking head. That's uh, James Bullard from the, uh, he's the St. Louis president. He's speaking later via Zoom as they do. But that's it. The, 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 the economic diary locally is bare as well. Nothing to report. Very good. Okay, let's have a look at the major movers on my screen. I've got Investec PLC up eight and a third percent. Glencore up um, seven point eight percent. Investec Limited up seven and two thirds. Sassel up seven percent. Discovery up seven percent. So it's sevens and eights in the um, positive column. Investec is that a currency factor? What is that? I actually don't know. I'm not even going to try and make a story up. It was it was the biggest mover on the the downside the other day, and that's the biggest move the upside. And, and and the property shares as well. I mean, you're getting 12 percent up moves on the one day and 12 percent down moves the next. So I, I can't. There's no no reason, no sense. I don't know. Okay, let's have a look at the downside now. Anglo Gold Ashanti down 5.6 percent. That's obvious. Harmony down 4.7 percent. Mm. Equally obvious. Goldfields down four and a half. DRD Gold down two and a third. And 91, the asset manager, recently listed down one and a third percent. So gold, I don't like gold below 1,700. I'm, I'm not going to mention the name of the person that we speak to every Tuesday and Thursday, but um, he's, he's been a skeptic. And I, I, he would never be gleeful about the fact that something had fallen. But um, I, I want it to bounce back, please. Yeah, look, it's, it's it's very much, you know, I just, I just have to comment on, the, on those, those sort of jobless numbers yesterday. The market initial reaction literally was unchanged. I think we, I think we, that is showing to me that a lot of the, the market participants, no one even knows how to react to these numbers anymore. And it, it really, we, it's as simplistic as a risk on and risk off. Um, and someone asked me about the RAND yesterday too, which was, 
sort of selling off yesterday as the S&P sold off. It's also the prog. Everything's just about a risk on a risk off. And I think, Lindsay, a day like today when you're getting a little bit of euphoria, a little bit of uh, positivity, you're getting S&P futures indicating a solid open, you know, immediately the first reaction you do is, is sort of hit that risk 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 on button. You sell risk assets. You sell assets like gold, which is traditionally a safe haven. But that doesn't uh, answer my question: Why the rand is at eighteen seventy six? Because I would have thought the rand would be firmer. So maybe that throws my theory out the window. Talk myself out of it. Sorry. Give us the indices after forty minutes of trading on the JSE on this final trading day of a short trading week, please. Nick Kunzer, over to you. Okay, so we were up a little bit higher this morning, but I'll take it. 863 points to the green on the JSE All Share, up 1.79%. JSE top 40, 781 points firmer, 1.75%, just under 45,000, 44,950. And if we drill down into the individual indices, besides, as Lindsay points out, the gold share is taking a bit of a drubbing. The rest is looking okay. Utilities up 11.29%. Energy shares led by the likes of Sassel up 7.88%. Banks bouncing back after yesterday. The financial index up 5.03%. Consumer cyclicals 4.22% to the green. And finally, industrials also having a decent session up 2.89%. Okay, I've got the S&P futures at 28.64 at the moment, up 2 and 3 quarters percent, 76 and a half. Points, which is really good, and they're, st- they're staying there nicely. If you're a market maker, make me a market on the on the S and P as you would to any normal client. You're sitting at your desk, you're making markets all the time. Make me an S and P 500 uh, June future double, please. All right, so I'd be two eight. Let's call it two eight six one uh, device. That's bid two eight six one bid and offered at uh, two eight six two. So one one point one. Nice and tight. I'm sticking you at two eight six one, please. So we'll remember that for five o'clock this evening. Got I'm it. sticking you at twenty eight sixty one. The reason my reasoning is. It's like an OPEC reasoning. You get the initial reaction, although it is lasting a little bit longer than I thought it would. But now we've got the debate coming on all the major channels saying, but will the governors buy into this? You can do what you like, Mr. Trump says, but will they do what? I mean, there'll be places like Louisiana and Alabama and Mississippi and places like that that might say, yes, we're going to relax restrictions. But I don't think New York and California, other places might do the same. What do you think? Is that a good, uh, good reasoning? Mm, I think so. But only, but only if I had to argue the other side of it, it's one of the few days where there is no economic data. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of an economic vacuum this afternoon. So mm. that might just prevent the, like, there's no catalyst really. But you know, you might get a couple of talking heads on the channels that go against Mr. Trump and puts a bit of a something out there. But let's see. Nick, thank you very much for your time this morning. It's Nick Kunzer from Sandland Private Wealth, and that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.